Hi, my name is Will, and I'm one of your hosts for Project Passion. Project Passion's mission is to offer a platform based on raising awareness of passionate community members. Today we are with a mathematical whiz, me here. Um, thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. So could you just give us a brief introduction? Who are you? What do you do? Well, as introduced by the amazing host, Will, uh, I am Mihu Joshi. I'm in 11th grade. Uh, a few of the clubs that I run is SSIG. It's like an investing club, an economics club, uh, where we talk about stocks and investing. Um, and chess club, where we play chess. Um, my future aspirations is probably a physicist or engineering. Um, but I've also been pretty interested in computer science lately and how all of that applies to math. Sweet. Thank you so much. I guess we have a few questions for you. Um, my first question is, what made you become so passionate about math? And what about it intrigues you? So I've always been a very like hands-on person. Um, one of my favorite things to do uh, was solving Rubik's cubes. Um, that started at a very young age, and so puzzles has always been like a, a thing that's always gone with me. Um, I think the reason why I really, really started to get into math is because it's just harder and harder puzzles, and when you learn how to crack those puzzles, the feeling of satisfaction that you get from them is undeniably good. Uh, it's almost like the same reason that people do uh, like like workout or um, do anything else that releases like endorphins. They do it because of the feeling that they get afterwards. And although it's really, really stubborn and annoying in the process, the feeling of satisfaction afterwards is really what makes it worth it. I think, um, especially as you go higher and higher levels of math, that feeling of satisfaction only grows because you recognize how you've matured yourself and also recognize the capabilities that you have now. Very cool. Very cool. Um, my next question is, do you have like a mathematical idol? Um, uh, this could be like a teacher, a professor, anything like that that uh, you look up to? I think I have two specifically. So one of them is, of course, Mr. Trotter, um, the math teacher here at South for HL1 and HL2 and like college algebra. Um, he really completely changed my view on math because I used to look at it as a somewhat easy kind of um, easygoing, very quick to do math. Um, and always used to look for shortcuts. But after taking his class and doing unbelievably bad on the first two tests, I was able to rethink how I thought about math and it really shifted my perspective on how I should be studying, how I should be interpreting it, and what it actually applies to. Like, what's the point of learning the quadratic formula, and how, how can you use it in your actual life? I think uh, the, the second one that I had in mind was 3Blue1Brown. Um, he is a YouTuber. His name is Grant Sanderson. Uh, and he worked with Khan Academy for a while. But he's really known for these really amazing mathematical videos that he posts on YouTube with these awesome graphic illustrations. And if any, every, anyone who's listening to this wants to go watch them, like I highly encourage you to, it's really, really just incredible the way that he's able to communicate mathematical information in simple language. And it makes you think about these hard math concepts in ways that make it very, very simple. And it kind of tells you what's the point for all this math. Like why would you ever do this in your actual lives? And what's the point and application of it? I think that's really, again, one of the things that makes me love math, like seeing the application of it afterwards. That's an interesting point of how like these technological developments and YouTube and how it's grown in popularity has kind of developed um, the mathematical uh, arena. So how, how else do you think, um, how, what, what has changed um, in the new, the new time of math? 
Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great question. I think one of the big things that, again, like those technological advancements that have changed the field, um, one of the big things is access to information um, in the form of books and videos. Like in the past, when I've been learning information or learning different types of math concepts, the only way I did it was through like teachers um, and teaching me and like me having to go through them specifically. But the big thing with videos is that it's a way to represent the math information in ways that you wouldn't be able to normally. Like illustrations that morph as you're watching the video can get you a really good concept of like a derivative, which is instantaneous rate of change at any specific point. You can kind of understand exactly what it's communicating, what a tangent line is to a slope or some type of very, very easy to understand information on a level that's really, really hard to do in person or with uh, just whiteboards and talking. Right. Very cool. Um, now, I know that you've been taking a math class at Willamette recently, um, this past year. Uh, I also know you had a, your final <laughs> this past week. Um, tell us more about that. Well, how has your experience gone? How, how is it uh, different from math in high school? And yeah, just tell us about that experience. Yeah. So I think taking a college math class was super, super eye-opening um, because of the workload. Um, more than anything, the amount of work I had to do in that class is the most amount of work I've ever had to do in a, like a, a class of a school class in my life. Um, the homework was very, very intense. But the way that my professor taught it to us was unbelievably interesting. She used to have lectures that she'd host every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then she would assign us some reading from a textbook as well as some external reading from like some type of other source or a blog that talked about math. And she made us engage with it like, like by hosting comments, so we were forced to actually read this. And the type of information that we were able to get from it was something that I've never been able to see before in math. It was a new application of concepts to a theoretical space. And I know that sounds a little confusing, but what it really means is that it taught you where these concepts were derived from and how they actually work in theory and then shows you how they work in practice when you're solving the problems. And with the with the test, the textbook reading and the um, external readings, we were able to get like this new sense of what the math we were learning applies to and where the term beauty comes from in math. Um, so a lot of the time when people talk about math, they connotate it and they describe it with beauty and like seeing the beauty of math, how beautiful this is, how, how pretty this looks. And I've never been able to really understand that until I've taken this class. And I was able to understand every single like explicit part of math and understand how it really connects together. And that beauty really clicked for me. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned from that math class. That's a, that's a super cool point about the beauty of math. And a lot of people don't think about that. Um, they're just kind of, there's just, li they have a limited view of math. So could you describe like a moment of beauty that you've had um, in, in, in context to math and just for people who, who haven't really experienced that? Absolutely. Um, it, it's really just a, a like alien feeling when you get that first sense of like, oh my God, this connects together. Um, I think it has to be the first time I truly understand what calculus was. So in calculus, there's a concept known as integration. And integration is, in simple words, the area under a curve from point A to point B. And I didn't understand what that meant. Like, when would I ever need to understand this 
2D concept of a graph um, with point A to B and the area under this curve. Like, there's literally no point. And there was a time where I realized that the stuff that I was doing had literally zero application because I was just doing example problem after example problem and memorizing these stupid integration rules and trying to do this over and over again and getting the right answer, but the right answer for not. Like, it, it had no application. So I went and talked with Mr. Trotter, who was my math teacher at the time, and he explained to me the application of integration in electrical engineering. Now, electrical engineering, I never thought of, never was interested in. Um, I played around with uh, types of circuits and built my own things before, but the math behind it was never the thing that really caught my eye with uh, those types of things. It was always the engineering part, building the circuits, building everything that usually made me interested. And him explaining how integration represents electrons flowing through wires in a way that I've never seen it before really clicked for me. It had this eye-opening experience and it made me realize that the stuff that I was learning about, like areas under the curve, meant more than what they were saying. It, it had a deeper meaning. Yeah, and, and going into deeper meaning, um, what like life lessons have you learned through math? Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, I think the biggest life lesson is that kind of, kind of the fact that you're capable of it. There's been a lot of times where I've started to question my own ability to do this stuff. Like I've worked really hard at it. I've studied, I've pulled an all-nighter and I sk still score like a 50 out of 100 on the test. And it made me question if this was right for me. Like, am I, I'm working my hardest and I'm still not seeing results. Is there any point to me keep on doing this? And it's really not a problem of how much effort you're putting in or what you're capable of. It's how you're doing it. And I think there's always an infinite possibilities for how you can do something. You just have to keep on doing it until you know what works for you. It's always about like what best benefits you, not what best benefits the system or how you're supposed to learn it or what you're capable of. It's what works for you. And once you realize that, you can quite literally do anything in math. It doesn't matter if you think you're bad at math. Like I, I hate people who say the phrase that I'm bad at math, you know, I suck at this. Like you, You're bad at the concept now, but you've gotten to this point in your life learning math and you've just applied the same learning. It just clicked differently for you. And I can guarantee you that if you want to improve, you 100% can if you just keep on doing, and doing it and finding what works best for you. Yeah. Um, going back to the, the idea that no one is really bad at math. They just can't understand the, the concept. Any advice for a person in that position or believes that they um, don't have the skills for math? Any advice for that, that person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think... This is actually something that's applied to a lot more than just math. But find a way to get interested. Like, again, a lot of the, uh, re the reason why people really hate math is the, the cliche of the quadratic formula is useless in life. Like, you're never going to need to know the, the zeros of a par parabola. You need to find a way to get yourself interested. Like, find out why you would ever use a parabola. If you play basketball, see if you can calculate the parabola of your trajectory of your basketball free throw shot and see if you can improve it. Like, small things like that, although they sound very nerdy, they completely change your view on what math is. And there's zero types of math that's bad to learn. Like, you cannot learn wrong math. You can only just choose to not learn. And that is the, the only thing that's going wrong. You, you have to be able to apply yourself and be able to get yourself interested in what you're doing. And from that, you will 100% stop struggling. Like, you'll start finding the interest. You'll start understanding what the concept is. 
And once you understand the concept, the application is elementary. I, I really like the idea of, of being interested. Um, and it reminds me of like the, the phrase like stay curious or be curious, um, which leads to the last question. Um, how important do you think it is to have a passion? Now, it, this can come in so many different varieties, but for you, like why, why do you think that's important? I think passion really leads itself to creating something that you enjoy. Passion is, first of all, something that you want to do, something that you have this innate feeling that you enjoy it and you want to do it. But passion can actually lead to real-world application and possibly even something you can do with your life. Like, people who understand that they're passionate about something already have a set goal in mind for what they want to do. And that satisfaction, that relief of knowing that you can do something in life is already something that a lot of people are struggling to have. I think and having a passion is almost integral to, to surviving. You need to be able to have that so you can enjoy your life. And I'd, I'd go as far as to say that passion is probably one of the key, most key things you need in life in order to enjoy it. I agree 100%. Um, that's one of the reasons why we are doing this podcast is to kind of show why passion is so important in people's lives and the implications of of having passion, of, of these people with very cool stories, interests, and a curiosity and, and what they're going to be doing in the future. So thank you so much for coming onto our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is great.